Hello. Welcome to Adventurous Polyamory, the podcast where we rip off the shrink wrap and get into the messy reality of our lifestyle. I'm Rachel Barth, your hostess with the mostest, and I'm here to open up a big old can of truth and honesty about the joys and pitfalls of polyamory. Welcome to spring. In honor of upcoming shorts and bikinis season, I'm giving away 20 free sessions with me, your favorite podcaster, coach, and all-around helpful old lady. Email me at unlimitedheartcoaching at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at unlimitedheartfreedom. Let's chat. Sessions will be conducted over the phone at a time of our mutual convenience. Don't wait. Reach out and touch, baby. Okay, now that I made it weird, time to move on to our topic of the day. It's a fine thing to have children. If I didn't have my girl, I might have missed out on the marvelously precise phrase, compulsory heterosexuality. My daughter leans to the queer end of the spectrum, and we were having a whole conversation about bisexuality and the strange light that it shines on our attitudes towards gender and our patriarchy. Well, let's look at it. Bi women are essentially considered to be straight and lying about their sexuality, or in some manner, to be putting on a performance of non-straightness. Meanwhile, bi men are actually considered to be gay and lying about their sexuality whenever they have a relationship with women, and it is assumed that at some point they will finally admit they are gay, no doubt just in time to crush the hopes and dreams of their wife. So in both cases, the bisexual person is considered to be a liar, and their bisexual identity is disrespected and erased. Bi women are straight, bi men are gay. At this point, we then see that the usual trash bag of assumptions and expectations is dumped on them. You know what I'm talking about. Bi women, which is to say women in general, are there for the amusement and delight of men. Their sexuality is not something they own, but rather a sort of communally owned form of entertainment. This is a very ancient bias. For instance, if you take a close look in the Bible, that wholesome book, you'll notice that while male homosexuality does get some frowny disapproval, Female homosexuality gets nary a mention, because apparently it does not exist. The rabbis of the Talmud, usually incredibly thorough, I mean, they carefully list all the different colors of menstrual discharge one might encounter. They are really thorough. They do not have anything to say about female homosexuality. Either it doesn't exist or perhaps it simply doesn't matter at all, since, in the final analysis, it's basically just a hobby. Like, as long as you use that pussy to pop out some children for your husband, who you might not have chosen personally, well, hey, do what you want in your spare time, honey. And this attitude, in some form, is carrying on today. Women are there for men. They are expected to perform their sexuality and femininity for the eyes of men. Since women are only there to be consumed by men, any sexuality they express is actually for men. So even if they are kissing other women, those kisses are for men to enjoy. 
and those kissing women are not gay or bisexual in truth, but are straight women who are just acting slutty for fun and they're ready for some hot railing. This is all part of the large system which scholars today call compulsory heterosexuality. Again, thank you to my daughter who introduced my old ears to this fancy new terminology for some well-worn ideas. As women, we are so conditioned to these roles. A straight woman who chooses to remain single will be bombarded with offers for a nice blind date with my friend, Alvin, the accountant. A married woman who chooses not to have children is generally considered to be a foolish person who will wake up and smell the yummy odor of parenthood very soon. This is so ingrained that any woman under the age of menopause will likely have a difficult time securing a tubal ligation. Medical professionals assume that she will regret the procedure and desire children in the future. Men who seek a vasectomy do not face this level of resistance because a man is a considered to be an adult who can make sensible choices for himself and b allowed to have a life that doesn't even involve being a parent. So this is the most extreme version of this bias. Women are not really expected nor allowed to have a life that is not about being part of a man's family or his sexuality. Thus, a woman's sexuality is just an enticement for men. I mean, as usual, I'm kind of throwing the Cliff Notes version of all of this at you because I'm assuming that you have encountered some of these ideas before. Men face a lot of bullshit here, too, though. Remember way back when we finally allowed gay people to serve in the military? I remember a lot of interviews with pallid, anxious adult servicemen who were gravely concerned that they would be raped in the shower. They brought it up over and over. It was funny and sad all at once because it revealed so clearly that these normal, regular adult men deeply felt that a man who has become aroused is not going to be able to control himself. They felt that an aroused man will naturally give in to the desire to fuck the heck out of whoever turns him on. It was real rape culture talk. But really now, just look at that. Even other men think that men are terrifying and they expect this to be the status quo. Like, men are terrifying, that's fine, that's just how things are. So under this view of men, gay men are truly scary, and bi men are the absolute worst. Gay men are scary because in theory, they might treat straight men the way straight men treat women, which is to say, very disrespectfully and often violently. Is rape-ishly a word? But a bisexual man is even worse because he's concealing his true rape-ish gay nature. He's sneaking up on you in the shower with his terrifying gay dick. Straight men are deeply unsettled by bisexual men. And straight women sometimes regard bisexual men as being twice as likely to cheat Basically, my heart breaks for bisexual men, and I hope for the day when y'all will be loved as you deserve to be. Okay, 
but back to women for the time being. Let's move towards our usual area of interest, polyamory. How does bisexuality play out for women in polyamory? Frankly, we do not shine in our treatment of bi women, though you would think that we would have. But in truth, we tend to fall into bad old patterns and treat bisexual women as though their sexuality is simply a performance for our enjoyment. Bisexual lesbian sex is not real sex after all, since it doesn't involve a live human man, right? And when I say not real sex, of course what that means is sexy shit I don't have to worry about because it's not real and therefore not threatening. It's just about the biggest cliché in all of polyamory, isn't it? The couple that opened their relationship, and then it turns out that he can sleep with lots of women, and she can also sleep with lots of women. But no men. I never stop being amused by this. Bro, please, you don't think a lesbian knows more about pussy than you ever will? Men tend to act as if a woman couldn't replace them in their partner's affection somehow. This is beyond illogical. A woman could definitely love your wife as much as you do. A woman could definitely earn as much money as you do. A woman could definitely spend $100 to get a dick that's better than yours from baddragon.com. A woman could definitely make you look like a replaceable commodity. I don't know why this never seems to sink in. It's especially funny, given the simultaneous idea that women are supposed to be all about love, commitment, and settling down. Why men are supposed to be all about sex, no strings, freedom, it was fun fucking you and now I'm out of here, babe. If women are supposed to be all about commitment, wouldn't your wife's girlfriend be more likely to try and keep her? And if men are supposed to be all footloose and fancy free, wouldn't it actually be safer to restrict your wife's shenanigans to only other cis-het men, seeing as how those guys all have one testicle out the door at all times anyway? Those ideas are all opposing each other. Now, Fitzgerald remarked that the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. However, I hate Fitzgerald, and I don't really agree with him. I think it's more true that it's a very human thing to simply ignore how your thoughts are so fully opposed to each other that, at most, only one of them could be true. I can certainly imagine what a depressing novel Fitzgerald could have written about polyamory. It would be like the sequel to Gatsby, and it would feature that awful couple, Tom and Daisy Buchanan, leaving a miserable trail of broken lives behind them as they search for their perfect unicorn. But that brings us nicely to the other way in which we tend to disrespect bisexual women in polyamory. And that is simply by pretending to be them. This is not unique to polyamory. Every bar from here to Sacramento has borne witness to pairs of drunken women kissing for the entertainment of nearby men. This is what we call performative bisexuality. It's a performance for the delectation of the audience. It is not intended to bring pleasure to the performers any more than performing the Wizard of Oz is supposed to make me into a flying monkey. Performing my fair lady also won't make me British. 
and performing bisexuality on my part would be every bit as real as my British accent. So this fake bisexuality does us all a disservice in a couple of ways. First of all, it clearly feeds into and supports the hegemonic notion of men's sexuality being the center of the world. We know the drunk women are not bisexual. We know they are, in fact, doing this to attract men. We love this idea. And anyway, bisexual women are just women who haven't gotten on my dick yet. Thus, fake bisexuality increases the erasure of real bisexuality. But secondly, performing bisexuality can become a trap for the performer in a polyamorous context. Because it's not just 15 seconds of fame in a dark bar. It's literally your whole life. If you perform bisexuality, perhaps just for fun or just to please your partner or whatever, you could get stuck with it. Your partner, who is very busily holding opposing ideas in his head like a regular human being, now expects you to do this bisexual stuff all the time. Actually, the woman who is on the other end of things might expect it too. She might really be bisexual and might have really believed your fake performance. Or worse yet, she was faking it too, and she's really only there to get at the dick. So now both of you are faking it. The only winner is the male partner, if you can even call that a win, being in bed with two women who are both only pretending to love what they're doing. There's no way on earth this won't backfire on someone, probably more than one someone. So with this performance, you are simultaneously erasing bisexuality and erasing your own sexuality as well. Is that why you decided to choose this lifestyle? So that you could be less of yourself? So that you could disrespect yourself and your own needs? That doesn't sound right to me. I speak as someone who has fallen into this trap myself. I have done this, and it is not great. We can only find real happiness when we are living from a place of authenticity. And performative bisexuality is pretty much not that. The obvious analog, and one that really shows more clearly how unsustainable it is to fake your sexuality, is when a gay man performs heterosexuality. There's no good options for him. He could stay in a life that stifles him, maybe for his children or to please his parents. Or he could break out and then face the heartbreak that follows when people discover you have been lying to them. Gay people already know this lesson very well. And straight folks would do well to learn from them. Don't pretend to be what you aren't. It won't end well for you. Actually, polyamory tends to disrespect bisexual women in yet another way, which is by dehumanizing them, calling them unicorns. This is literally the name of an animal. It wouldn't be so cute if we called them manatees or warthogs, would it? Unicorns are pretty, but calling humans by animal names is not pretty. Honestly, I would rank this in the same category with people who refer to black people as chocolate or coffee. It's not obviously shitty when you first look at it, but ultimately it is dehumanizing, recategorizing human beings as something that is simply there 
for consumption. I also don't care much for any sort of talk where we refer to people by one of their body parts. I don't want anyone calling me big white tits, okay? And I don't really want to be with anyone who is only interested in my whiteness or my tits. Feel free to sub in any other ethnicity or body part and it still won't sound good. I realize that I am straying dangerously close to some topics that are not generally part of this podcast. I think I'll have to put the rest of my discussion of this on Patreon, where it belongs. Now, performative bisexuality is generally unique to women. I have never personally encountered a male-identifying straight person who engaged in playful acts of homosexuality in public for the purpose of attracting cisgender straight partners. I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. No, performative bisexuality is a lie, an act we put on for someone else to consume. And when we do it, we open up distance between ourselves and our true bodies, our true desires. My bottom line here is simply this. Any kind of behavior that dehumanizes other humans without their expressly given consent will generally contribute to and reinforce social systems of bigotry. If you engage in such dehumanizing language and behavior, even if you have good intentions and mean no harm at all, you are still participating in the foundations of bigotry. If you are a polyamorous person who engages in performative bisexuality, then you are participating in a system that reduces bisexual women to playthings whose needs are not important and whose feelings will be disregarded in the end. And since you've been acting as if you are bisexual yourself, you are actually increasing the likelihood that you yourself will be mistreated under this system, even as you are already mistreating yourself with this self-betrayal of your own wants and needs. So I am here today asking you to put on your thinking caps and think about how you might be disrespecting both yourself and bisexual women in general with your own behaviors and attitudes. Polyamory as a larger structure is such an engine of freedom for women. Still, it's quite typical for us as women to unthinkingly participate in the systems that oppress us. But when you know better, you do better. That is all I have for now. Thank you for listening. Do you have any topics you want to hear about on this podcast? Please get in touch with me at unlimitedheartcoaching at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at unlimitedheartfreedom. Drop me a DM. I will answer. If you prefer to consume my content in written format, click on over to my website on WordPress. I'm trying to put up the scripts for these podcasts on a regular schedule. Plus, sometimes there's pics. The link will be included in the show notes. I appreciate you all so very much, and I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks.